Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. It's the regular crew. I'm Steve Titchener with John McAlevey and Matt Lachlan in the throes of March Madness. And I will say for Rutgers, uh, the ultimate goal for the season, uh, for the program, you know, a crucial stepping stone for this program was to make the tournament. And it appears that they have. It's not definite yet, but it appears when you read everything that they are a lock, but we'll, we'll, we'll see when that selection Sunday happens. And for that, as an alum and a fan, look, I, I'm content with that. Now, we can go into, well, they looked like an elite team earlier in the season. What happened there? And, yes, we can talk about all that. But in the end of the game, and I'll throw it to you, Johnny, they needed to make the tournament. And it appears they did. And it's just so important because not making the tournament would have been bad, I think, with the team that they had and the start that they had. That would have been really bad. And it was close. We'll talk about this Minnesota game. But what are your thoughts about them needing to make the, the tournament this year? Well, again, they needed to do that, as you said. I mean, Steve Peichel's been on the job for a few years now, and he's he's moved the ball, you know, down the court. Of, of, was, who was a, a coach that said, we've matriculated the ball down the field? Um, he's done that. Um, he's done a good job of that. Now, the next step is to put Rutgers basketball in the NCAA tournament. I mean, people have talked for years how Rutgers is like that sleeping giant in the, in New York, New Jersey area where there's, Recruits are plenty, and they just can't seem to keep any of them home. I saw a tweet um, over the weekend from, of all people, Jason Williams congratulating Rutgers. And so, of course, Rutgers fans are saying, yeah, yeah, you'll love us now. Why didn't you come play for us back in the day? We hate you at Duke. But, you know, they're starting to get some people jumping on the bandwagon, and they did need to get in. Let's face it, they weren't in it last year, and then the whole COVID-19, you know, blew everything up. Um, but um, they can rest a little bit easier. The, the win, as you said, most people think that they're in, but oh boy, did that get close. They had, they built themselves a nice working double digit lead in the second half. And then here comes uh, the golden Gophers trying to save Richard Patino's job, which I don't think that they were able to do. They, they were able to, um, you know, to really keep um all the best scorers. Marcus Carr did nothing until like the last four minutes of the game that he came and scored a bit. And they, uh, they, what, what, what should have been a, an easy one at the end turned into anything, but, and uh, they saved their bacon in overtime, but it does look like they are going to be in. Although you would like to beat Indiana in round one of the big 10 tournament, just to really stamp the approval. And Matt, how, how important, you know, for Rutgers, for Jersey basketball to, to end that 30 years uh, slide and finally get in. Well, not important for Jersey basketball, quite frankly, but important for Rutgers. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jersey basketball would go on regardless, but yeah, certainly it's important for Rutgers. There's no question about it. They had built toward this moment. They thought they were on the verge last year when the rug got pulled out from underneath them. And so, unfortunately, they had to wait that extra year. But for the promise of Steve Peichel, yeah, it was good to back up all the talk and the recruiting that he's done and the excellent coaching that he's done. And the players who committed to him early, led by Geo Baker, seeing some vision of Sugar Plums dancing in their head. And now Mm -hmm. they're on the verge of being officially accepted into the NCAA tournament fraternity for the first time in 30 years. So, absolutely, 
it was uh, a good step, a great step for Rutgers. And I would say just for our show and for Jersey basketball in general to have Rutgers back in that, you know, in a competitive, I mean, first of all, the you know, and we didn't get to see it this year, but the Jersey Hardwood Classic is, is fantastic the last few years. It's been really exciting. And it didn't have that, you know, a few seasons ago. I think it's really that that's been a very exciting showcase. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, getting crew recruits, you know, now it's a it's a you know, it's a battle. And, you know, it's not just Seton Hall, you know, who's uh, just perennially perennially a good program and, and it gets in the tournament, uh, um, you know, virtually every, you know, mo- most seasons anyway. And, and have, you know, to have them uh, be a player now, you know, in the Big Ten, being competitive in the Big Ten, of course, you know, year in and year out, that's still going to be a challenge and there's never going to be a given. You know, but it's nice for, you know, after, again, 30 years. They're to, not the little brother anymore. Yeah, I mean, to get into, uh, you know, a situation where they're at least. Um, and, you know, listen, I mean, and we'll, we, we'll talk about it further, but there's no reason why they can't win a game or two in the, in the, in the tournament as well. Right. I mean, uh, there's there's those possibilities as well. And, and listen, I'd love a deep run in the in the Big Ten tournament. And I'd love a deep run in the NCAs, but just for now, for this moment, because, you know, I've done a lot of bitch and you guys have heard it on this show and no. went, went after Pike a little bit here and there, some players here and there. But at the end of the day, I got to say, you know, as a, as a fan, I'm content with them making the tournament. I just think that that was that was crucial. Let's talk about Jacob Young, guys, because I mean, why this was such a great performance was because it was at both sides both sides of the basketball defensive yeah. and offensive i mean you know marcus carr is a terrific guard and he pretty much shut him down and on the other side he was the go-to guy that made it happen especially in overtime you know you know stealing you know stealing the ball not just scoring you know had some crucial steals um, some assists i mean he it was just a fantastic uh performance by him johnny yeah and his real calling card is he's a pester on defense, man. You watch him, he will guard the ball all the way up the floor. And really, you know, what it does is as a coach, it, it'll really tick off the opposing coach because what he does is he, he bleeds the shot clock a bit. So now you're bringing the ball down and, you know, you're trying to get into your offense and, and there may be, you know, 15 or 16 seconds left on the shot clock because this pain in the neck has been pounding your point guard, bringing the ball up the floor. So that, really is, um, you know, his first chore is, is to really be a good defensive player. And oftentimes he, get, he, you know, he can get on my nerves because he likes to try and go. What I like to tell my kids on my team is he likes to call his own number. Uh, he likes to go to the basket and take a lot of shots. And in some games that really hurts the team because it comes off as sort of selfish, but he was on on Saturday at a time where they really needed him. Cause Gio Baker was not three for 11 from the floor. Ron Harper Jr. again doesn't get up that many shots. He, uh, you know, only chips in with with eleven. Um, so they needed Young, and he came through for them. So it, terrific for him, especially as you said in overtime. He was a uh, he was a big um, big catalyst there. And the good thing in overtime, they scored the first six points. So it, overtime really was, um, you know, any of the momentum that Minnesota carried from the end of the second half to get back in it, which was amazing. Uh, went right out the window with the first six points going to the Scarlet Knights, which was huge. Yeah, and you know he looked like the player that helped them to that good run they had prior to their little bit of a slump. So yeah, they definitely need him. He's got an energy. 
he's got ability, first off, as you detailed, John, but that, that energy that he brings, the swagger that he brings is pretty apparent and is an important attribute as well. So, you know, kudos to him uh, for, you know, finding his way. There was a time there, right? Like he was the star and then he kind of went back to a bench kind of mm-hmm. role um, where he wasn't seeing as much minutes. And, yep. uh, but, but, you know, the other night he had, you know, played almost the whole, the whole game. So, you know, good for him. Now they're the seventh seed in the uh, Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. They draw Indiana at the tenth seed. I mean, there's talk of the ten teams going from the Big Ten to the tournament. I mean, so Indiana probably thinks that they might have an outside shot here. They're going to probably play their hearts out. Well, you know, anybody in the tournament, that's what you're going to get. So, you know, you don't want to be the team. You don't want to, you know, with all this momentum to be one and done. So. Um, I won't call this a tough matchup because they beat them twice already. But, you know, in that old adage, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times, whatever. Um, some some believe in that. Others don't. Um, they should be able to win this game, although it's in Indianapolis. I don't know if they're going to be letting fans in. If, if they are, it's only going to be a few. Yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be eight thousand fans for for Indiana. So. Well, um, well, I think they were splitting it up. No, I okay. think they were splitting it up among the teams. If okay. I read it correctly, they were okay. splitting that 8,000 among – it's okay. not open to the general public. It's 8,000 among right. the teams. So, Matt, I'll ask you, and this is an interesting dynamic now. So now the, the teams think they got a key on Jacob Young, and will that open stuff up now for for Miles Johnson and, and, and uh, Ron Harper Jr. and Geo and such? Because now that's a whole new dynamic if they're going to – if everything's going to flow around Jacob Young. Yeah, and, and I don't know that they, that they game plan for Jacob Young. I think Rutgers is fairly balanced. You certainly have to be aware of him. But, you know, if you do, if you say, well, let's take this guy out of the game, then you open up too many other options for Rutgers. That's one of the great strengths of the Scarlet Knights is their balance. And that one night it can be Geo Baker. One night it can be Jacob young, even though it's been a while, one night it can be Miles Johnson. And obviously Ron Harper Jr. is always lurking around uh, trying to regain the form that made him one of the most dangerous players on the team through the first half of the year. So I, I don't, I think Rutgers, you just have to defend them because they still are not a good shooting team. And if you can force them into some odd shots, you know, that'll increase your chances, obviously, because I, I don't think they can beat you they can beat you going up and down the court for sure. Uh, but if you make them set up and take some set plays, mm-hmm. make some set plays, Johnny, I don't know how you see it as a coach, but I, I think that's the key to trying to get to uh, Rutgers. Absolutely. As you said, they're not a great offensive team. Um, they were, that's what, what made a lot of people really their eyebrows raised earlier in the year when, when Ron Harper Jr. was the go-to guy and he was getting, I mean, he was averaging almost 18 points a He's game. He's just on he fire. In the 20s. Yeah, so people were saying, hey, wow, we always knew that Rutgers could defend mm-hmm. you, and, and every game you play with them would be, one of my favorite terms would be a rock fight because they were going <laughs> to you know, make you bleed the clock down and score. They were going to play in the 50s, maybe in the 60s, but when they started scoring the ball, then it was like, hey, wait a minute, now we really got to take a look right. at this team. They rose to a number 11 in the country, and then something happened with, RHJ because he's falling off a cliff. He's not scoring the ball. And sometimes when Gio's not scoring, that's when someone like, um, you know, Jacob Young coming on and having a game like he did on Saturday is huge. So yeah, I I don't think people are going to really necessarily game plan to, to shut anybody on Rutgers down. I think that what they need to do is really 
you know, fine-tune their offensive sets because they're going to have to score in the half-court against Rutgers. They don't really play very many up-and-down games, which a lot of teams like to play nowadays. This is going to be, you know, a set offense. It's probably going to be a late shot clock, second-half game, which are really fun in the tournament. And, Steve, as you mentioned, Indiana, I think they have some work to do. They've stumbled down the stretch. I think they have to – Obviously, they have to beat Rutgers, and then I think they would really have to knock off Illinois if they have any chance of yeah. of making the dance. And yeah. uh, you know, Rutgers, if they win, they get it's like, hey, great, you won a Big Ten game. Oh, now you got to play Illinois, right. who, who a lot of people are saying are going to be a number one seed in the tournament. Yeah. And you know, we know how good Io DeSumo is; he's phenomenal. For people that haven't had a chance to see him play, yeah. enjoy it because he's going to the pros, and I think he might. There's an outside shot. He's going to beat out Garza for the Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah, there's talk of that. And, and oh, by the way, Rutgers beat them earlier in the season when they went to number 11. So yes, they, uh, did. They, they did beat them uh, at the rack. Um, so it can be done. But, yes, they are a very, very good team. And they did. They lit up Michigan. So you that, you got to give them respect. And uh and we'll see. I mean, but you know, Indiana wants that shot at Illinois, so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fight like uh, like hell in Indianapolis. And you know, Rutgers. Uh, it, you know, again, I, I started with all the whole contentment, but yeah, I would love to see a, a run by Rutgers too. You know, you know, all that momentum. You kind of want to keep it going, at least win that opening game and see what can happen against Illinois. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, for sure, yeah, get well, it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Sure. And that's why we're there. We're there to, to play the game, right? And to sure. win the game. And you're right. Yeah. Get get some momentum going for sure and test yourself anyway. I mean, even if you're guaranteed a, a position at this point in the tournament, you're battling for some seeding, mm-hmm. uh, which is crucial, as as we all know. And so why why have a be out in the first yeah. game and just say, Okay, we're going, like right. get a lousy seed and then you have no more practices, no more mo. Get mm-hmm. on a run and, and feel really good going into that first game of the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. And so we'll talk uh, more Jersey basketball. We'll talk Seton Hall and their chances uh, in the Big East Conference when we get back. The big insurance companies barrage you with endless commercials and then have operators on standby, who knows where, ready to push you through the process. At LG Insurance, we'd like to get to know you, find out what your needs are, answer all your questions, earn your trust. No rush here. We'll take all the time you need, and we still have backing from all the big guys, so we'll get you a great rate, too. LG Insurance. Local feel, national backing. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. And now Seton Hall, Matt, um, they were up, you know, they were handling St. John's early in this game in Queens, and then, uh, I mean, just kind of fell apart and sent in just a horrendous second half. I don't think you're surprised the way you were talking the last show, Matt, but still disappointing, right, in terms of them having the lead early. Yeah, well, absolutely. Listen, I I thought it was possible that they would lose because they're on a downer, but I didn't think they would blow an 18-point lead. <laughs> they were up 18 nothing. I mean, how, yeah, how, how do you do that? Right. How do you do that? Now, I had a game. Uh, the Devils played that afternoon, and I had a game, and I went out to dinner with the family afterward, and so I didn't see a lot of this. But I was headed to a restaurant uh, in Hoboken, and I glanced at uh, a nearby bar, and they had the game on. And Seton Hall was up 20 to 7. So uh, <laughs> I said, great. I said, that's cool. I said, uh, you know, that's what you do. You come out. You, you put Pass your me personality. the wine list, right? <laughs> exactly. You put your personality on the game, and you show yeah. that, okay, 
you're ready for the tournament. And then I get home and I'm watching, I watch most of the second half and I'm like, what did I just walk into? And then they just couldn't make a shot and they couldn't defend and all the warts were apparent again. And uh, the only thing they have going for them, quite frankly, is that it's a clean start. Mm-hmm. You flush it, you get ready, but I still maintain there's something internal going on there that we may never know about, or we won't know till the season's over at a, at the very least, but we may not know for a while. You know, Jerry Carino, our, our good friend who writes for the Asbury Park Press, he sent out a tweet during that game on Saturday and like, like what's going on now? He knows as much as anybody, not only did uh-huh. he graduate from the school, but he's uh-huh. on the AP board for votes yeah. and what have you. He's Mr. College basketball. We've spoken with him a number of times yeah. and, and he said, you know, he doesn't, and I'm, I'm out of, I'm, con, I'm out of, uh, this is not a quote, but he basically said like, Hey, what's going on here? And he's like, I don't think this is problems like 2015. And you remember they had battles, personality clashes. It was, it was really ugly, yeah. uh, but there's something wrong. I'm not the only one seeing it. Let's put it to you that way. There is yeah. something wrong. I don't know if they can, uh, if they can overcome what, what has happened down the stretch here. I just get the feeling that they, they just want to walk away, which is, is sad, but I, that's the feeling I get. I get that feeling from Rhode Island as well. My team is, is sort of mailing it in. Um, but yeah, you, know, you beat Villanova, you had a win on Saturday, yeah. Johnny. I you know. didn't blow an 18 point lead and lose the game. Yeah, and regardless of, and regardless of Villanova's issues uh, with injury that you talked about at the end of the last segment, fact yeah. of the matter is you still, you still beat them. And so there's a little momentum. I just don't see any life on the yeah. Seton Hall team, but and who the, knows? It, it is a, it's a fresh start. It is a fresh start. And just as an aside, can we give a little credit to St. John's for this year? And, and yeah, I mean, who the heck is Dylan Adaiwusu, Marcellus Erlington, okay, Ju- uh, Julian Champagny, who nobody knew about, mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, is a first-team All-Big East player. His brother Justin led the ACC in scoring. Or These two guys have come out of nowhere and have really lit up college basketball. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. remember people running at them with scholarships, but, you know, St. John's, I- I've got to give – you know, Mike, some credit here. He's done an amazing job with, with the likes of, you know, Jonathan McGriff, as I mentioned, Posh Alexander is going to be the freshman of the year. He's been better star, but there's really no household names on this team. And, and the fact that they're maybe going to make the NCAA tournament with, with a couple of games in hand here in the big East tournament is amazing to me. Well, I, I, a couple of things. You're absolutely right. Uh, they have been very up and down because of their youth. But, you know, St. John's is at the point where they're not able to pick and choose. I mean, they've fallen off the map so far. So Anderson's had to dig in. Mike Anderson's had to dig in. He's recruited yeah. well. And he has, as he has at any stop he's made, he has his teams playing hard. But this team didn't always play smart, and they played young. And so they had these ups and downs. And by the way, that goes back to another factor in Seton Hall's favor. While I think that they just, there's something wrong and and they they just don't seem to like each other. Um, And maybe it's the losing that's done that. But the advantage they have is they do play St. John's. Well, yeah, no. and that's what I say. Here we go. I mean, they get a first round uh, buy. Okay, they're the fifth seed, which yes, they wanted to be higher than that, but they got you know they get St. John's in the first round here. So, you know, Villanova, the you know, big uh, their guards hurt. 
I mean, there's anything can happen here. So there's a new life, Matt, for Seton Hall. Like, you know, and you know, Willard saying, "Hey, guys, we can make a deep run and didn't do something here in this tournament." Well, I, and I agree, and that's what he's saying. But if they don't believe it, I, I just I don't know how he breaks through mm-hmm. and and gets to this team at this point. Which is not to say he's lost them. I just like I'll say it again. There's something amiss, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily the talent. They have some holes. Uh, Shavar Reynolds is tired. He's played way more than he was designed to in some ways. They're not very deep, but they they just don't seem to have any life. But you're right. They can beat St. John's because they've done it, and St. John's is not that good. St. John's could come out uh, and just completely fall apart. And then they have a matchup with the winner of the Villanova versus either nine, Georgetown Marquette. And I'm just guessing it'll be Villanova, but you don't know. This is as wide open a Big East tournament in terms of uh, mm-hmm. lack of a standout team in a long time. There have been tournaments you couldn't predict because there are so many good teams who who is going to kind of rise to uh, the top off a tough week. But here it's it's almost anyone's game. But if it's Seton Hall and Villanova, Seton Hall's played Villanova pretty well over the years, and there's a possibility. So you're right. That's what the team. That's what its fans have to hang their hat on. I just wonder if the team has that motivation. I don't know. The Garden does some magical things, and it is a restart. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe after Saturday's loss, the seniors got together, the veterans who are, or juniors like a Jared Roden got together and said, okay, let's go. One thing that did help is they did, you know, they, they have been able to get Bryce Aiken back into the lineup. So he gives them, again, a little bit yes. of a different look. So mm-hmm. I, I'm making it sound like because I'm not real high on what they might be able to do. I'm making it sound like they're going to be out uh, in fast fashion, but it is possible to make a little bit of a run, which they yeah. absolutely will need. You know what um, has happened since uh, since Justin Moore sprained his ankle and has now been ruled out for the Big East tournament? We know Colin Gillespie is out. The uh, the new girl with the curl now for everybody is Connecticut and. You know, they're the three seed, and Book Knight is back, and this is his swan song because he's absolutely going to turn pro. Danny's got his guys cooking on all cylinders. Connecticut, um, uh, while there will not be any fans in there, their UConn fans usually, you know, descend on the Garden. They were like, remember, the, uh, the Syracuse people used to love coming down to play at the Garden for the Big East tournament. But Connecticut plays well, though. They have great history. So Connecticut now becomes uh, everybody's pick. Let's see what happens with, with Creighton. Uh, yeah, Greg that's McDermott, a big story. Yeah, he was reinstated as the head coach. Um, and so we'll see if that gives them a lift. They want it uh, going away on Saturday against a really depleted Butler team. So, you know, with their um, assistant coach taking over the reins there. So that wasn't uh, wasn't such a big deal. But let's see how, how they do. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Seton Hall and St. John's, that winner will have a a legitimate shot against who we think will be Villanova because they're um, they're an undermanned team as well. So it's pretty wide open. But as far as sending you know teams to the NCAA tournament, obviously Villanova is going to go, Creighton's going to go, Connecticut's going to go, and then you know ooh, Xavier. I wouldn't want to have uh, you know they better beat Butler and they better beat them pretty good because they're skating on thin ice. They've had so many COVID uh, shutdowns, so they just haven't really been able to put anything together. The record looks pretty good, but if you look at the wins, there's really not any great ones in the mix there. 
So I think, you know, four teams at the most, I, I, I don't think that there's anything more than that. Maybe even uh, three. No, I, I think you're right. It has it is a down year across the board for the Big East, which is what makes this tournament so interesting from again, slightly different perspective, as opposed to three or four powers battling yeah. it out, who's going to come out with the crown. It's now wider open, right? It's yeah. Kind, yeah, it's kind of anyone's game. I think Creighton I don't know what the impact is, I'm not in that room, none of us are, to what uh, Greg McDermott said. I mean Look, you can't use that terminology. And I don't know what he was thinking. You know, I think he meant to say reservation. We can't get you off the. Re- I mean, I've heard people use. That I don't know if you can use that. Yeah, but how, yeah. how, just well, say the farm, right? Yeah, right. Just say the farm. Yeah, but you can't use the term plantation. You just can't. No. Even if you meant nothing more than, hey, we got to stay together, stay in yep. this little bubble. We got to stay tight. Nobody yep. gets outside of it, and we'll recover. There were so many different ways to say it. Yeah. I don't know what that says about him other than a poor choice of words. I won't imply, I don't, yeah. uh, and people are, that there's something deeper than that. It was a, just let's take it at the face of it. And maybe there is something deeper, but it was just a terrible choice of yeah. words. I yeah. don't know what the impact is. One of his assistant coaches publicly said he was upset with it. So there's some air clearing that has to take place and probably has to a degree. But from yeah. a talent standpoint, they can win this whole thing. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, you know, Zagorowski's a heck of a guard. And he's uh, healthy, too, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Damian Jefferson is is a good forward. He's a senior. Zagorowski's a senior. You've got Mitch Ballack, who can hit a shot from inside yeah. half court with a bomb. What the you got to guard him. Exactly. So they have enough. And I think you were saying that, you know, the girl with the curl is Connecticut. And I think they are because they've come on and they're new and there's no standout team yes. in the, uh, in the conference. But I think that's dismissing Creighton. The injuries yes. to Villanova puts them down a notch or two, but I think people are dismissing Creighton simply because they're not sure what the reaction will be. Mentally. Uh, yeah. What, what yeah. that's all like any, for them. Yeah. And anytime well, you, you get these teams with the, with these trees that can shoot from anywhere on the court, these guys that are six, eight, six, nine, six, ten, even taller, they're just, they're just hard to stop the Creighton's, you know, Gonzaga, you know, Michigan, all these guys that have these big guys that can shoot, you know, because you can't go, how do you guard them? How do you how do you get up and in their face and over them when they're, when they're that, they got that much reach, they're that high in the air popping threes, <laughs> just yeah. like, and if they have the stroke down, forget it, you know? Yeah. Talking about better, better win, we, we mentioned that for, you know, a couple of different teams that they had better get it done. How about Gonzaga? I mean, they yeah. have annihilated pretty much every team that they've played, even good teams that were on their schedule. Yeah. I know they don't, you know, they don't get in conference. They, there's nobody that's their peer. I mean, there's yeah. nobody that's within light years of them. And, you know, how would you, I mean, as, as a head coach going into an NCAA tournament where my team really has not had to scratch out a game late ever all year long. I mean, they're up by like 25 points in, in most of these second halves are laughers. So, you know, would I like to be the coach of that team? Hell yeah. But what I, you know, if I'm in a, a one match or if I'm in that round two against a, you know, um, an eight or nine seed and it's, you know, four minutes to go and I'm down three, oy, you know, well, okay, yeah, you my fi- team is, we haven't been in this position before. How do we react to it? Right. Well, I looked up at the screen and it, they were up by, uh, they were up on St. Mary's or something by 20. Uh, oh last God. night, it's just, just just killing them. And it was uh, only like nine at halftime. I thought, all right, I'll settle into the second half. 
And then bing, 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 they score the first eight points. Yeah. Now it's 17. And then you not even good games. Go to the bathroom and it's 25. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a good problem to have, though, right, Matt, as a coach? It is. It is. It is. Um, I'm curious to see how they'll do in the tournament just because they really haven't been tested yeah. at all. Yeah. They've got some really good players that maybe they people do. haven't had a chance to see, like the Corey Kisperts of the world and the Drew Timmies and the mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs is going to be a top pick. I mean, they've got really good players. What what they've been able to do out there started with Don Monson way, way back when. And, and um Boy, Mark Few has certainly picked up the ball, and people, people. I mean, he's right there with Coach K and with, sure. with Bill. Does a great Shelf. job I mean, there. What they've done out there yeah. is, is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they just yeah. every year, and but a lot of it helps because their conference is is not much. I'd like to see them play a Big Ten schedule or a uh, you know a Big Twelve. A lot of people are sleeping on the Big Twelve. That that conference is loaded. Yeah, yeah, so they'll be fun to watch uh, Watch them in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be fun. I- I'm really looking forward to it. There's not going to be too many of our teams rolling around there, Matt, but it, it, this is a great time of year. I, I was watching yeah. some of the play-in games, even on ESPN, for these, these kids that, you know, this is their one dream, yeah. you know, and um, the lesser conferences that don't really get on national TV and well, yeah, it's fun to watch all of that stuff. It's a great time of year. Johnny, let's take a look at the MAC tournaments because uh, there's plenty of Jersey uh, pl- uh, teams in that uh, that conference. Uh, Monmouth took the second seed, so they've got to buy. And then St. Peter's is the third seed. They're playing Ryder uh, this Thursday in AC, so you got two Jersey teams in action there. Yeah. And so you got Monmouth and St. Peter's with a real chance. Uh, Ryder didn't have a good season, so they're probably – uh, that'd be a long shot. Sienna is the number one seed there, but you very possibly see a Jersey team uh, come out of the Mac. And uh, you know, Mammoth certainly looks good uh, taking a second in the uh, in the conference. Yeah, you know, and it would be nice to see. I don't know who could ever put something like this together. I don't know if there's ever been talk of that, but sort of in the preseason um, down the road to have the the Jersey team sort of have like a round robin kind of a thing where they all. Um, you know, play each other and, and maybe each year they kind of go around the mulberry bush. Like one year you play Ryder, the next year you play St. Peter's and the uh, next year you play Rutgers and Seton Hall. Cause yeah. as you mentioned, mom, if there's, there's some really good basketball. Sure, in Jersey. sure thing. We don't necessarily yeah. talk too much about it cause we're talking heavy on the, on the bigger boys, but these other guys are, um, you know, they can, they can get you on any given night. And so it'll be fun to, to watch the locals as they, um, play in their tournaments too. We'll keep an eye on them. And let's get uh, let's get this show up because uh, Thursday a lot of action, guys. We got uh, Rutgers uh, at Indiana in uh, Indianapolis, uh, St. John's and Seton Hall at the Garden, and then down in AC you got uh, St. Peter's and Ryder. So uh, a lot going on. We're in the throes of March Madness with conference tournament time. We'll uh, certainly cover it. So that'll be, do it for the show this week uh check us out on moresportsnow.com that's our site and then you can get the jersey hardwood podcast on any uh, of the uh, directories that you like i mean we're on soundcloud and we also are on iheart we're on spotify itunes so you can find us so uh listen up and we're going to cover uh, all the uh all the tournaments here in uh, in march madness take and, us with you on on your way to the garden into lucas oil stadium absolutely what a, what a good listen on the way to the game you got it okay we'll <laughs> catch you all next week steve titchener for matt lachlan and john McAlevey. bye-bye